to the new series, Me and My Big Fat Mouth. Words have weight. Now, I'm not sure why they picked me to kick off the series, but I'm sure they feel like Mike be overqualified or something. So I was going to start out really funny and say something like Merry Christmas, but how many of you don't even think that's funny? Yeah, yeah. I just want to know who sinned besides me. Who did? Okay. Yeah. This is not even funny, this weather out there. But all of us, we all stumble in many ways. And that's how our scripture starts out today. It's just an honest omission, isn't it? But before we begin, I don't know how many of you, but we could probably identify with a little girl, Greta, four years old, who said, but my mouth doesn't want to be quiet. How many of you identify with that one, huh? My mouth just doesn't want to be quiet. Or then there's this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Who thought that up? That is ridiculous. Words always hurt the most. Like the boy in my middle school and high school years who called me Warthog for seven years. Kurt was his name. I'm not going to say his last name because I have forgiven him. But again, those words that come back to haunt me. And still, sometimes on Facebook I want to say, I hope that your girls never face the trauma that you inflicted upon me in high school. Because it's so painful what those words can do to us. <clears throat> but I forgave him, and he didn't know I was going to be a public speaker. So <clears throat> we have all had those moments where others' words have hurt us, or those moments when before we even stop to think, the words are coming out, and we're like, stop, stop, stop. And it's hard to bring it in. Or like uh, some of us who have asked a woman um, if she's pregnant when she wasn't pregnant. How many of you have ever done that? Steve, my husband has. It's always easier to confess other people's sins, right? No, actually it did happen to me. I was in the Cub Foods line. This was after I had had my first daughter, Amaria. And I was in a blousey jean dress and it was about 12 o'clock at night I was doing some late night shopping and the lady turned around and she said honey when are you due and I didn't have the nerve to tell her that I wasn't due so I just said January I think <laughs> yeah it's January yeah we never did talk again but how many of you like me you have gotten fat eating humble pie from something that you've said. You've just said something and you're like, oh, why did I do that? And at some point it may become funny, but some things are not. For many of us, words have shaped who we are. And on that note, I just feel impressed to say that. We just sang, I'm a child of God. I am who he says I am. And many times words, maybe from our childhood or even from our current relationships, can speak to us. And I just want to say that if you are a child of God, let God define you. Let God tell you who you are. Sometimes other people don't have a right take on things, and maybe they're speaking out of their own pain or their own brokenness. Don't let other people define you. Let God define you. Live in his definition. Never give someone the power to hurt you. You can say, 
many times we can say, well, those words, you know, they, they hurt me. But sometimes we give people power to hurt us. Don't let broken people define you. Let God define you. You are who he says you are. And that helps us to be able to mercy other people too. There's times that maybe a teacher or a parent said something to you, not even realizing they had ripped out your confidence. The wrong words at the wrong time, and we don't forget them that easily. Maybe it's a friend who's just trying to be honest, but it scarred you anyway. Don't you want to say, please don't be so honest? Don't be that honest. Or maybe it's a word that your spouse has spoken to you that has hurt your self-image or something about your appearance that you've never forgotten. Those are like weights. Our words have weights. And those are weights that we put on people. And I remember during my academic career when I was a kindergartner that um, I had some struggles academically in those years. Well, there was only one year, but I was lucky for that. But my teacher, Mrs. Radloff, actually pulled me aside at the end of my kindergarten year, and she said, you know, I've enjoyed you so much this year, I thought about keeping you for another year. It was just about three years ago that I figured out what she meant. Yeah. But I thought, oh, my word, I almost didn't pass kindergarten. <laughs> anyway. That's where we come from, but we regularly forget how powerful our words are. I remember one time when I was at North Central University, I was a student, I was a new believer actually, and I was just trying to get to know God, reading my Bible, praying, getting, walking with God. And I remember one of my professors, his name was Bill Crew, he actually saw me in the hallway, and he didn't know me from anybody different, but he saw me and he said, you are a woman of God. I just rose up. Joan of Arc came alive inside of me. And I just thought, wow, the power of those words. And for some reason, that just fed me. And I, I rose to those words. Remember, people can rise to your words. People can rise up to your words. So we need to watch what we say. Oftentimes, people say things that are stupid, or we say things that are stupid, but those weights can be very, very influential in our lives. The passage in James starts out very honestly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, and they're able to keep their whole body in check. Okay, so how many of you are able to keep your whole body in check by watching everything you say and you've perfected that? Okay, well, welcome to Sunday Morning Therapy Group. We're all here and ready to learn. It's honest, isn't it? Just as we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal just with a bit. Now, I looked up horse bits and everything, and it says that there are like so many different kinds of horse bits. There's snaffle bits and leverage bits and hackamore bits. There's even English bits, in case your horse speaks English. Um, 
That was just a bit of advice. It took me three hours to write that. Okay, thank you for that courtesy laugh. Or take ships for an example. Although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds and sails, but they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. When you think about that, the winds and the sails, you would think that would usher where the the ship would want to go, where the pilot would want it to go. But actually, it's that little rudder in the back that sets the course. And that's like our tongues, they can set the course. Consider what a great forest is set afire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among our body parts. I don't know if you've ever seen those forest fires, even now in California, many people, one little spark, one little campfire that gets out of control in the right atmosphere, and it can take over acreages of land and homes and do such destruction by one little match. In fact, I was eavesdropping yesterday. Um, I was at Good Earth with a friend of mine, and eavesdropping is one of the spiritual gifts I have. And so um, I, as I was listening, um, this guy was from California, and he said, yeah, my parents, um, they're in California, and actually the fire's coming closer to their home. So two policemen came to their door and they said, sir, you need to evacuate now. And the young man said, yeah, I told my dad, dad, what are you trying to do? You cannot put this out with a garden hose. This is too late. You have to evacuate. You have to get out of the way of the fire because it can do destruction. One small word, one small spark, and we know the power of the fire that it can set. Well, all I said to her was, and she completely freaked out, or all I said to him was, and he took off. All I said to my mom was, and pretty soon I was grounded. All I said to my boss was, and he fired me. All I said, a little spark, and the result can be a forest fire. I was reading a book by Donald Miller. He's a prolific author, and he wrote Blue Leg Jazz and some other ones. But when he was a teenage boy, he didn't have a father. And so people were trying to speak into his life and encourage him with his words. And so they said, Donald, you should write. You could be a good writer. And so he wrote an article on the talent show. And before he um, set it to print, he gave it to the girl who had sung in the talent show. And this is what it said. It said, all in all, God was pleased with the talent show. I mean, even though people were booing Monica, the girl who was listening to this, Monica, who sounded like a chicken in a cage with a ferret, I clapped for her anyway, and I'm sure the angels were pleased. And he said that as he watched her, all of a sudden she was reading it and reading it, and tears filled up her eyes, and then she put her hand on her mouth, and before she knew it, she backed up, she dropped the paper, and she ran off. And he thought to himself, wow, my youth pastor was right. I really have a way with words. I can move people to tears. I can really be helpful and completely unaware of how he had just brought her low. He thought, wow, I'm gifted with words. 
And I'm sure she never sang again. And I'm sure he really changed her life. The power of words. Your words can start a fire that you won't be able to put out. That's in your notes. Your words can start a fire that you won't be able to put out. And all of us know that. For instance, they gave me a mic today to start out the series, Me and My Big Fat Mouth. And um, I'm not sure why I have it, but we can speak words of life or we can speak words of death. And we want to speak words of life. And after I'm done, you can go home and you can say, well, she preached like a chicken in a cage with a ferret. You could probably just say that. We all know the power of our words because there are husbands and wives who have been divorced because of words. There are parents and children who haven't spoken for years because of words. There are nations that have declared war because of words. They are so powerful. Our words have the power to do irreparable damage to our relationships and opportunities. It says in verse 6 that it corrupts the whole body and it sets the course of one's life on fire. It, and it's, it itself is set on fire by the fire of hell. You know, when your child talks back to you, it's not just your mouth, their mouth that you put in time out. It's their whole person, right? So when uh, your coworker says something, it's not just that relationship that's broken. It's you're separated completely. Or if you're dating someone and you say something stupid, they don't just break up with your mouth. They break up with your whole person. If you're married and you say something stupid, it's not just your mouth that is sleeping on the couch. It's all of you. That tiny part of your body has the potential to set the course of your whole life. With your mouth, you can burn down a relationship or you can build it up. We have that choice. You know this. There's been some in your relationships that you have forgiven but maybe you can't quite forget, and trust has been broken. They say some of the best marriage advice you can give to people is don't criticize what your spouse cannot control. Like, I've always dreamed of marrying a man who was tall. Well, too late for that, huh? Or a man with a full head of hair. Too late. Or a woman with a big pocketbook. Too late. All of those things are out of our control. And so why not think positively about your spouse or your children and be able to speak to those things first? Because when you dig a well and you have lots of kindnesses between you, spoken and unspoken, when you do have a conflict, because you have all this history of kindness between you, your shortness or your, or your strife can be minimized because you think, wow, we have a good thing. So this is just a small little bump in the road. But sometimes we exaggerate or we only live in what is negative. I remember a friend of mine, she um, was telling me one day about her child and how she had struggles. She had biological and adopted children. And one night she was just exasperated 
And she always tried to pick something nice to say to her child at the end of the day. And usually she could come up with something, but this day it was just not coming. And so she looked at Matthew and she said, Matthew, I like the way you breathed today. You breathed so nicely. And sometimes it may be like that, but again, to focus on the positive, the, the kind things, to build up who they are. I love literature, and so I was reading Charles Dickens' um, David Copperfield. And actually, David Copperfield is his life story, but um, he has rewritten it. And so there's one point in it where David Copperfield gets married, and he's a little dissatisfied in his marriage. His wife is a bit silly and not very, she can't cook, she can't do this, she can't do that. And so finally, he's telling, he's complaining to his aunt and his aunt says to him, and she calls him Trot. She says, Trot, do not be unwise. Praise her for what she is, and do not criticize her for what she is not. That's good advice, isn't it? Praise her or praise him for what he is. Don't criticize him for what he is not. We can all learn from that. Just because something isn't true doesn't mean it has to be said. Doesn't mean it has to be said. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are able to be tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of poison. We can control the tongue, but you can never tame it, so we must pay attention to it. With the tongue, we praise our Lord, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in his image. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. And he says, brothers and sisters, this, not, this should not be. This should not be. Keen sense for the obvious, right? We praise God, and then we criticize each other. Fresh water and salt water cannot come from the same source. And so... How can we adjust and pay attention? And with James, he says, we all stumble in many ways. I love that. It's just an honest admission, isn't it? We don't want to give people around us third-degree burns or have our spouse wearing fireproof clothing at home, right? So here's a few things that I think can help us. Go back and take responsibility for the fires that you've started. Take responsibility. Now, this is difficult because it's humility. And it's going back and it's just saying, you know, I just, the other day I said this, and I just want to say I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me. I had no right to say that and make repair. Yes, it's humbling, but it's also repairing. And we can all do that. And you, you will find that those people, and whether they receive it or not, it doesn't matter just say, please forgive me if I offended you. We all know relationships take responsibility. Don't make excuses. Well, I said it because or because. Don't. Yeah, just stop there. Stop talking. Just say, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry. Try to repair the damage, which is often only repaired by actions and not words. And we can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me an idea of what I can do for that person. Maybe it's buying them a special cup of their coffee and just say, you know what, I was thinking about this the other day, and 
when I said that, please forgive me for saying that. Or maybe you shared an opinion that was very offensive. Or Just forgive me. I just wanted to buy this to say, I just want to bless you today and make amends for my words. Little things. God can speak to you and give you ideas how to repair and how to be a blessing. It's better to be proactive in our words, being positive, rather than to be reactive and negative. Pray that God will help us surrender. Surrendering our tongues. Wow, it's the biggest thing, isn't it? But say, Lord, teach me when to zip it and teach me when to say kind things. Proverbs says, in a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. How many of you know that with me? Uh, In a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. He who holds his tongue is wise. Stop talking. Wow. That's fascinating. In other words, I love this one. Sometimes not saying anything is best because he who holds his tongue, he who is silent, can never be misquoted. Yeah, that's a good one for me. So we've been listening in our house to Hamilton. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the musical Hamilton. It's about Alexander Hamilton and how he's on the brink of getting involved in the revolution. And so he's all fired up and he's ready to go into the revolution. And his senior official or officer says to him, speak less, smile more. Don't let them know what you're against and what you're for. And I thought, wow, that is, it's such a great song. But sometimes we just need to speak less and smile more. It's such a powerful thing that we can do. How many of you, like, um, there's, I saw this Snoopy thing, and he says, sometimes I just need a speed bump between my brain and my mouth. Just give me a speed bump, slow me down before I jump over that cliff and say that. Meditate on your family's good points. Sometimes if it's your coworker, instead of saying something negative, think about where they live. You don't know at home the mercy that they may be in need of. And you know the mercy that you've received, and so we can give away mercy. We can give away kindness to other people. And our words are a great place to start. Jesus said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of our heart. So what we've been thinking about, and if you're mad at your spouse, sometimes you're like thinking about all these negative things. So when you meditate about good things about them, or you're thankful for them, or even five things that you're like, wow, this is so important that I'm grateful for my my spouse. In fact, just about a month ago, my husband had an accident, and he fell, and we thought he was having a heart attack. We didn't know what was happening, and then I got him to a chair, and all of a sudden, he went into what is called neurogenic shock. I had to look it up because I'd never seen it before, and something in his neck had pinched, and he sat down, and he went like this, and he stopped breathing, and he went gray and ashen. And I just thought, oh, my word, oh, my word. And I called him back to life. I'm like, in Jesus' name, come back to me, come back to me. I promise I'll be nice to you. And I just thought about it. What if I had lost him? He means so much to me. And, you know, in the eternal perspective, God's best gifts are always people 
And so we want to add value to people's lives. We don't want to take away their value, especially our families and our friends. Ask God ways that you can add value and speak life into other people. Refrain from sharing our opinions. So many, we think our opinions are so important. But really, sometimes we need to be silent. Silence is an option. I love this quote by Abraham Lincoln. Better to remain silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I love that quote. Don't ask me why. Okay, so choose healthier ways to deal with negative thoughts. Like if you're having a struggle with your spouse, do the sandwich. This is a healthy thing. Positive, negative, positive. It's just the sandwich. It's healthier. It's a healthy way to choose with negative things that happen. Like for instance, if something happens between my spouse and I, well, I'll say to Steve, I'll say, um, "Honey, you're such a good husband to me. Can I just share something little that just happened the other day that I've been thinking about and it's kind of bugged me?" Um, and I'll share whatever, and then I'll say, "Thank you for listening." And I just want to have a deeper relationship. I, I, I'm not assaulting him. I'm, we're dealing with the issue. And I hope he would do the same, to talk to me about things. Right, honey? Right. Thumbs up. Okay, we're doing okay here. We're still married. Okay, so, but again, to, be, to learn how to be a healthy communicator, it takes some practice. Sandwich, positive, negative, positive. And learn to speak those positive things that you appreciate about your spouse. Again, being proactive with positivity rather than reactive with negativity. Speak life. We can either speak honey or we can speak venom. Sometimes we need to think about it. Are we willing to strike the match that starts the fire. Because a fire can create ambiance or it can create destruction. And so we have the power with our words to spark life or to create death. And in Proverbs it says this, kind words are like honey. Let us pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for your mercy Thank you that you know us. Thank you know that we all stumble in many ways. And Lord, even in our words, God, even when we're hard on ourselves and then it comes out and we're hard on other people, God, forgive us. Teach us to live in your mercy, God, where you mercy us and allow us to mercy other people and allow our words to speak life and kindness, whether it's at work, help us to build up rather than to tear down. Thank you for today. Thank you that you're mindful of us. And I pray that, God, you would bring repair to relationships. I pray that you bring hope to relationships and that you would bring your mercy in each one of our hearts today to live in and out of. In Jesus' name.